gold. I was a little right. I was a little wrong. The overall indices that we just come out of the shortest bear market ever. The Trumpster doing a hell of a job draining the swamp, though I don't think it's how he intended. We're going to talk about a story here near me at Fort Hood here in Texas um, that should be getting a lot more attention, and I suspect will soon. We'll talk more Trumpster. We'll talk the Dem Convention. We'll talk the junior resource space. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the smart, witty, insightful Fight the Fed, Nick Hodge. This is episode 83 of Bizarro World. Nick, how are you? You fighting the good fight? I think we're winning, Gerardo. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for asking. I I, I do think we're winning. Let's get right to it. Um, last week, I said that on the heels, and this was breaking news right as we were closing the episode, um, that Warren Buffett had invested in Barrett Gold to the tune of, I believe, $563 million. And I said that would likely have a positive effect on the gold price and that we would challenge 2000 and maybe even pull towards um, all-time highs. I was a little right. That's exactly what happened on Monday. The market opened you know, robustly. Um, we, we breached the 2000 level. It looked like it was all systems go. And then we had a bit of a pullback. And you know, last week, we closed at 2031. This, this week, we closed at 1940, 1941. But there was a good bounce back. You know, gold hit that 1915 level and intraday, and it bounced right off of it. I was extremely encouraged at the price action and how well gold held it, held in there, despite the fact that we had, you know, a dollar that had a decent week. It didn't fall out of bed like it has been every other week for the past several months. So that's my take on the gold space. I'd love to hear yours, Nick. Um, what do you think? No, you're nailing it. Um, it looks like healthy, whatever you want to call it, consolidation here around 1940. I'm not a chartist, but I can draw a straight line through it for the past five days. And so to my blind squirrel eye, it looks like, you know, it wants to it wants to stick there. It certainly didn't want to be below 1925 this week at all. Uh, so healthy in that respect, I'll continue to say have some perspective, um, run your sensitivity at 1925 and, and see what that does to your NPVs on a lot of the projects that you're looking at. And uh, the willingness to explore uh, at that price level for gold is uh, uh, certainly high as well. So uh, looking good dollar, I think, um, going to continue its downtrend. We had a bit of a head fake two weeks ago where the uh, the dollar had a couple of days of strength. And uh, you'll remember that led to yields going the other way, but just for a couple of days. Um, in fact, that was around when uh, gold sold off um, a couple of weeks ago and turned around very quickly. So intense pressure on the, the dollar uh, with the printing um, you were asking me earlier today, Gerardo, uh, if we had gotten the Dines issue yet, and I haven't seen it. I'd be interested because um, he was talk talking about uh, rates rising quickly, believe the unbelievable or not. I'd be interested to hear his take on that. So uh, maybe we'll have more to talk about in that respect next week. Well, I absolutely believe that sooner or later, and it won't happen right away, but I do believe that the Fed and central bankers around the world are going to lose control, as they always do, by the way. Um, of the yield curve, I don't think they're going to be able to suppress it. This is a part of my thesis that says the dollar rallies, you know, ferociously here towards the end of the year, beginning of next year. And again, it's based on an outlook that takes into consideration not just the U.S. printing press, but the rest of the world. 
And again, I continue to believe, and I think the Euro, which I, I it ran out of steam this week, I think the Euro is now headed back lower. And if that's the case, I believe the dollar is headed back higher. And again, gold and the dollar and the major US indices will have to continue to hold hands higher if, if these markets are uh, sustainable. Now, not all markets are created equal. Do I believe the gold space is sustainable from these levels? Absolutely. Um, we're putting in you know higher lows, which is always encouraging, especially when you've bre breached all-time highs. Um, the major U.S. indices, look, we just had another record close for the S&P 500. We have Tesla, which was the butt of all jokes at 420. Ha ha, funding secured. It's at 2,000 plus. <laughs> I mean, good gracious, right? Whether you agree or not, it is what it is in the famous words of not just Joe Pesci or Donald Trump or Michelle Obama. <laughs> and we'll talk Trumpster a little bit later on, but it is what it is. That's where it's at. And it doesn't look like Tesla shows any signs of slowing down anytime soon. That's not my specialty. That's not what, you know, I, 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 I follow and track, but again, like you, I can draw a line on a chart and it looks, looks pretty darn healthy. Um, looks like we just came out of the shortest bear market ever, not the economy, but the market, Nick, any, any, any thoughts there or feelings about it? I mean, uh, I mean, of course I have thoughts and feelings about it. <laughs> I, I think, I, you do I both of those at the same time. <laughs> I think you'd feel about it most of the day. Um, the, the strength in 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 tech equities has been incredible. Not only the Tesla you mentioned, but Apple, which I saw you put on the sheet, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the sec in a second. Um, and you got the S and P back at, at record highs as well. Um, I feel like a dead horse or a, a kicking a dead horse or a broken record, but you know I'd be remiss if I didn't note that earnings growth in the S and P was um, absolutely abysmal. I think you know we all know that it's been carried by uh, five companies. Uh, many of the, the companies in the S&P are uh, still down year to date. Certainly the banking sector um, has had a, a, a rough go of it. If you look at like the XLF year to date, for example. And so um, very much a distortion, a bifurcation, pick your word. But uh, you said it, the, the tech equities are looking very strong. The uh, S&P and the NASDAQ remains in a, in a bullish trend, and uh, it's attributable to the, the simple amounts of liquidity in the system, uh, the new traders, which you spoke to uh, earlier. And um, I was talking to somebody yesterday here in the office who does some trading, and I ran into him while I was heating up my lunch, and he was talking about, he's, you know, he's made a lot of money on uh, uh, DraftKings and, and Penn Gaming, right? And I was like, oh, you're like a Dave Portnoy guy, right? And he was talking about, you know, he's, he buy some cheap tech stocks. They're not cheap tech stocks, but he's made money on tech stocks in the past six months. And, you know, and that's wonderful. I, you know, I love when people make money. That's awesome. I'm just wondering what happens when like chairs starting to get taken away, right? And so I think that's what everyone's been wondering, you know, as far as how far can you kick the can uh, down the road? And so far, it looks like, you know, the well, you said they're they're backing themselves into a corner. But as of now, like I say, bullish trend for a lot of things, the, the, which I just said, tech, uh, S&P, gold is in bullish trend. I mean, it's it's everything is awesome. 
Everything is awesome. Everything is good. Copper was awesome this week. It was up a dime. Um, closed at 296, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, it, it it breached that $3 level. It pulled back a couple of cents. But again, even the copper space seems to be forward looking at this point and anticipating stimulus, you know, not just relief, Nick, stimulus, infrastructure mm. stimulus, right? Everybody wants it. Um, Joe Biden wants it. The Trumpster wants it. Um, Europe wants it. Everybody wants it. So, you know, we'll see. Tina was Tina was the hot girl for a while, but you know, old Dr. Copper might come in and take some of uh take some of the attention away. What do you think about that? Well, certainly a reinflation of not just copper, but commodities across the board, which we've been talking about. Um, and so uh, yeah, from a, a, a macro or fundamental standpoint, as far as a commodities reinflation, yes. And then as far as uh, a stimulus or, or an infrastructure standpoint, uh, yes, also. I mean, um, we know all the reasons why, but uh, I don't want to just recite them. I'll just give you one specific example. I was looking at this study from, I forget what renewable energy laboratory, it might have been NREL or something, talking about um, ways to reduce emissions by... Um, simply improving the the grid, right? Letting the Western grid and the Texas grid and the Eastern grid talk and communicate and uh, send power to each other. And they can't right now because of those pesky Rocky Mountains. There's only like seven seven stations that allow the Eastern and Western grid to connect. And the study was suggesting that if you uh, spend some money putting a couple high power power lines across the Rockies and connecting the grids that you can more easily implement uh, smart grid solutions and and, and solar and wind technologies that, um, as we know, are, are, are baseload. And so those smart grid applications really help them integrate. And just by simply doing this, I'm being long-winded, but um, <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but reduced emissions by a certain amount and had a positive return, right? Um, on the dollars invested, I'm just thinking uh, to your question, like how much copper would that take, right? Yeah, a lot. I like copper. I like gold. I love companies that have copper and have gold. I really don't care about the order at this point. If you have copper and gold in your study and your study worked at twelve dollars or $1,300 gold and two twenty-five dollars or $250 copper um, and the management team is not uh, litter, littered with assholes, um, I'm, I'm likely to give your company a, a, a good one or two over. Speaking about assholes at companies, I, I see that you put on our, you know, <laughs> little bullet point sheet that, that, that can, that really makes up what we talk about, but is really just something that we throw up there like an hour before we decide to go live. Um, you have a little section there about saying no to a deal. And I have to believe that assholes at companies and, and, and companies that send assholeish males are likely not to get Nick Hodge capital or Nick Hodge subscribers capital. Well, yeah, but, and not just that. So, I mean, we can have a, a short discussion about it because that's what we're here to do. And so there's, I was thinking about the one, how do you say no to a deal? And then two, um, there's various deals you want to say no to. Like I have one guy who e emails me about this deal and has for like five years, right? Like every couple of months he emails me and I stopped responding like two years ago and he just still like, you know, sends me the email and it is what it is. I, I just archive the email and I, it's just, that's what it is. And so that's a no, right? Uh, but other times it's people that like, 
um, you know, or part of your network that you almost feel guilty or you feel obligated to uh, at least take a look at or have a conversation about, but you might not want to. And so I would just, and then there's other <laughs> deals that are, that are like, you know, I, you know, you just flat out don't like the people or, you know, of the people and don't want to be involved or you don't like the jurisdiction. Uh, but I was just curious, how do you say no to deals? Is there like, do you have different ways? Is there like a polite way? Is there a not polite way? Is there like a canned response that you give? Do you just do the old don't respond to the email? Because I do that a lot. <laughs> so a couple of things I'm going to give myself away. And I know you CEOs listen to this podcast because every time I talk to you privately, you all tell me something about the most recent one. And so it's it's always curious to me that, you know, you go on YouTube and you see like 23 views, but I'm like, well, I talked to like 30 of you this week and you all saw it, heard it somewhere. I don't know if it's Spotify or Apple, but wherever people are listening, somebody's listening. Anyhow, I'm, I'm going to give myself away. Um, one, I always respond. That's just the, you know, I, I was brought up in, in, in a relatively strict household. My dad was a disciplinarian and, you know, to be dismissive was, was always considered a no, no. And so, um, here, here's my giveaway. This is when I, when I don't want to participate in your deal. And I want to tell, you no politely, I, I always will say one of two things. I will say, I'll take a look and I'll reach back out if I, have, check any out questions. If I have any questions, <laughs> you, you know, um, but if you don't hear from me, please don't hold back your amazing deal because of little old me. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, the other one is, um, well, I'm not going to give you the other one because that's going to have to be my go-to now. So, um, that's funny. yeah, that, that is what it is. You know, you want to be polite. You want to be courteous. Look, I, I still remember I'm relatively new in this space. I've been doing this for about 12 years, but I've only written my newsletters for four coming up on five, um, you know, resource stock digest. We've been doing that for, for over four years now. So it's still fresh enough for me where I remember what being on the retail side was like. And, you know, to have the access and the network and people be as generous with their time as they have been in my career, um, I want to make sure that I'm respectful of the opportunities that I get now with access to deals and, you know, subscribers that help, um, you know, frankly, you know, provide uh, an atmosphere where I have all the fun in the world with what I do for a living. And I, and I truly enjoy it. And that was even the case during the bear market. So you can imagine what it's going to be like now. So yeah, you know, I respond, I, I, I still respond to everything, but that's, that's my way. Yeah. And do you always take the call though? Do you always say, or do you just say, I'll have a look at the deck or do you at least take the call? Like, here's another situation because <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of these. I wanted to talk about it. I had <laughs> trying to put me on I blast with you, everybody. <laughs> who you and I have done business with and he sends me an email. Hey, uh, here's the deal that, that, you know, I, I might be getting involved with, you might want to have a talk with the CEO or whatever. And so I email back. I often email back. I was brought up to email back as well. But if you've been pestering me and I've already told you no, then I stopped responding. That's what I was saying. Absolutely. So I emailed back and I said, I'm sure I'd, you know, I'd love to have a call and hear more about your deal, especially because um, such and such is involved and, and sent the email. Um, just give me a time and whatever. I'll make myself available. And no response, right? And this was, I'm looking at the date. This was a couple of weeks ago. Now. It's like three weeks ago. So I haven't heard anything. I didn't get a response. So whatever. I just, you know, I moved on with my life. Well, then I get an email like two days ago implying that I didn't respond. 
saying like, hey, like just follow it up here. You, you want to do this deal. And so like, I just don't want to be rude. These are, I know, petty problems. But in my mind, I want to tell the guy like, I fucking responded, dude. Like it's on you. Anyway, it's just, I thought it would make good fodder for the podcast. I would forward the reply. And I have done that with people. <laughs> hey, I haven't heard from you. Oh, really? That was two weeks ago, about two weeks and two hours ago that I responded. Maybe it's That's in your spam or maybe a filter caught it, but I make it a point to respond to everyone. And on that subject, you know, I, I always encourage subscribers and listeners of the podcast to write in. And, you know, I've never once um, not responded to a subscriber email that was sent in. It's just, again, I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of, of, you know, whether it's somebody that's happy with me or not. And so I always, I always respond and every now and then, you know, customer service might take a bit extra to 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 get the message back. And so I always make it a point to let everybody know, look, I responded. This is the date. Here's the forwarded email. Uh, maybe it's stuck in the tube somewhere. You should be getting it. But by the way, this was the response. And at least that way, people don't feel like you're just putting them off, right? Series of tubes. Series of tubes. Um, no, I get it. You do, you do a great job. You always respond. And um yeah, I just don't want to talk to this guy. I don't think. So. <laughs> <clears throat> you know. Here's 2020 uh, really quick. All right. The Trumpster is draining the swamp. He vowed he would. Except it's all his friends and former staff members that are getting arrested. Law and order. The latest is Steve Bannon, um, who was arrested. This is, of course, his former White House chief strategist not an inconsequential position. Um, he was arrested for fraud. And the way in which it happened is so 2020, Nick. This guy was arrested for fraud with the Build a Wall campaign where the campaign sought to take supporters within their own party's money and use it to build a wall. So what ends up happening is four. I thought Mexico was paying for the wall. <laughs> and then our military and then us, the taxpayer. And, you know, eventually it trickles down to where we fucked everyone else. So now our own party constituents are going to pay for it. Right. Except you're not even going to get a wall. What you're going to get is the, the foundation, according to the papers, 4.4 million in donations, although they collected more than 25 million. But there, there, there's a period there where out of the 4.4 million in donations, 4.3 million went out in expenses. And, and, and we're going to find out about that in court. This is the part that's so 2020 to me. He was arrested on a yacht owned by a Chinese millionaire and served and apprehended by the Postal Service. If that's not 2020 at work, I don't know what is. It's been the craziest year, Nick. Any thoughts on old Mr. Bannon here? That's some karmic shit. I haven't <laughs> uh, followed. I haven't followed too too closely. I remember telling you in like um, uh, back in the impeachment stuff when there was all the storylines and the narratives. Like, man, I just can't keep track of all these people's names and. Who's screwing who and who resigned and who's getting doxxed and dossiered? I just can't fucking keep up with all this bullshit if I want to still keep up with all the real stuff I have to keep up with. But anyway, I was checking out the Bannon story this 
this week. And yeah, the yacht stuck out to me. Did you see pictures? We can put up a, a, a link. I mean, that was some bougie fucking shit for a populist guy, right? I mean, that was a sleek yacht. Nick, it just applies to the constituents, the herd. They don't care. They don't care. It's just like California. Same thing on the other side, the left. You know, let, let's talk about California real quick. It's on fire. Um, they, 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 the mayor of LA, and I'm not saying that he was, you know, incorrect in, in, in being aggravated by the situation, but there was this, this big mansion out in the hills and it kept having parties. Um, and it ignored several requests for them to social distance. So the mayor decides that he can just turn off the utilities to the house. And I'm going, wait a minute. We have law enforcement to go and, 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 and apply the law and enforce the law. And we have district attorneys and we have a procedure in this country that allows for if you are not complying with a, a, an order, then there are enforcement mechanisms. Being, you know, you know, we talked last week about being tyrannical with the post office and how, you, you know, like it's a threat to democracy. What the mayor of L.A. did should scare just as many people. It's not as serious as not allowing people to vote or not wanting them to vote or preventing them or making it harder. But it, it there's a fine line between it's one house in the hills, then all of a sudden it's a neighborhood, then all of a sudden it's, you know, this part of Chicago or Portland that we can't get under control. What's the line, right? What's the fine line? When does it stop? And if you allow it for one household and people don't get upset and push back legally, then, then we're going to have a whole different set of problems. But yeah, California, you know, and, and I, I hate it when people comment on certain parts of Chicago and the culture because it's, it's, a, it's a very, there's a lot of very specific isms in Chicago that if you don't know them, you shouldn't be commenting, the, commenting on them. But in California, I mean, they're proposing a wealth tax that even those that leave because they're fed up with the taxes... <laughs> The, the tax would apply to former residents for 10 years, Nick. Oh, fuck that shit. I mean, this I mean, is crazy. This is yeah. the equivalent of Steve Bannon taking Republican loyalist money that, you know, people donate and they think, hey, whatever you feel about immigration, we want this wall to go up. We're going to help. We're going to contribute. And this guy's on this yacht owned by a Chinese millionaire um, just living it up living it up doing exactly the opposite of what you know he claims to do and claims to be and the same thing for california on the other side probably right? probably filming tiktoks on his huawei on his huawei device probably probably and and writing speeches for the president who's going to have to give a few in the next week or two because i i i've long said that i believed money in politics and citizens united is one of the worst decisions in the history of this country by the Supreme Court. I think it enables corruption at a federal level that is unprecedented in our country's history. But I also think that we should have a limit, and I'm half joking, but half serious. We should have a limit on the number of political speeches. And so that that brings me to the convention, which the Democratic convention, which I stayed away from um, for the first two days. But at the very end, I said, okay, Joe Biden finally is going to come out and speak. I want to see if he's able to keep it together. And you know what? He did a damn effective job and and, and the Trumpster is going to have to come out and do at least as an effective job. Now, with that being said, well, let me back up. Did you see the speech, Nick? 
or parts of it? I watched just a couple of minutes of it. Yes. Okay. Uh, thoughts on the couple of minutes that you saw? Uh, better than expected, uh, though I still wouldn't give him points for, <laughs> for charisma. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see a, a debate scenario and, and if that's actually going to happen and how he holds up there. Um, and I didn't watch much of the rest of the debate. I saw some of the various states and U.S. territories pledging their uh, delegates in the background, but I didn't watch many of the speeches or anything at all. But man, I saw... Uh, Michelle's necklace trending. I did see that. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. It's similar with me. You know, I watched the speech because I wanted to see, you know, I, I want to see how competent and coherent he was. And it, it, it was, it was well delivered. Um, that That's, as, you know, it, it was well delivered, well articulated, um, clear as far as, you know, what he sees the problems to be. Doesn't mean he's going to fix them. Doesn't mean he's not, but he, he, he presented that well. The reason I didn't care to watch for the rest of it is because even the progressives I disagree with, you know, policy wise, um, the AOCs and, 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 you know, Julian Castro, which they have a lot I agree with, a lot I disagree with, but they deserved a whole heck of a lot more time than the couple of minutes that AOC got given the influence she has on the party and how much certain members of that party have leaned on her to get the youth vote out. Um, she deserved more than a couple of minutes. So when I saw that they were leaning towards, you know, let's 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 feature the old guard. Um, you know, we talk about the fourth turning off in here, and I'm ready to see that old guard go. Um, and so when I saw they weren't getting much play or airtime or any of that, I said, okay, this is gonna be more of the same. And that's what ended up happening. And so again, you and I have spoken about. 2024. I hope that it's a brand new group of energized um, Republicans and energized Democrats and energized Libertarians. And I hope we get back to debating policy and ideas and not hats. And Well, we'll have to see because this is, I think I was saying this last week on the, on the podcast, um, you know, if Joe Biden wins, um, you think he's gonna, not going to run for re-election in 2024? And then so, I mean, you don't really get a changing of the guard in that scenario. And so I'm not entirely thrilled about that either. And so um, while I was looking to 2024 as a, a changing of the guard, it's going to be um, very interesting. And it could be a, a protracted turning in that scenario because um, there's supposed to be one party or movement or or, or figure that uh, uh, if the the country makes the right decision, you know, you can make the wrong decisions during the turning. That's always a possibility. Sure. Um, but if you make the right ones, you, you crystallize around a movement, you know, these simple decisions that we've, that we've talked about. Um, and I haven't seen, like, I don't think Biden's it, man. Like, I just, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It, it, you know, regardless of who wins, I think we're in for a volatile, you know, next four years at the very least. And, you know, even, even after the four, it's not all going to fix itself. I mean, never happens that way. Right. Maybe it'll be Kanye. <laughs> Don't get me going on Kanye. I hope, hope Chicago beats his to, ass the next time he goes out there. We do have to do uh, a retraction, Gerardo. I, I have a note and I meant to get to it earlier, but last week we were talking about the the robot, you remember the robot security yes. guard, the bodyguard, it was fake news. It was like a two-year-old video from 
Um, I forget where it was supposed to be from last week, Bahrain or something else. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. From, real it was robot from like the, though, right? It was a real robot, but it was from some like robot electronics convention. And I think like the UAE a couple of years uh, before it was fake news, fake news. But a real robot. But a real robot. And yes. he spoke six languages and could shoot you and beat you up. Correct. All right. Moderate retraction. I don't think we actually <laughs> said that it was the King's robot. I think we said, did you see it? And it, it's still scary as hell. The fact that it was two years ago scares me even more. Right. It's been improved. Can you sure. Imagine what the new version looks like. <laughs> Scans you for COVID before it shoots you. <laughs> and then blames it on COVID and calls it a COVID death. <laughs> Crazy That's times. Funny. Crazy times. Do we want to talk about Apple being, you know, the biggest pusher on the block. If anybody has watched a good drug dealer, drug baron, drug kingpin movie or two, you know that, you know, if you're going to be on the corner, you're going to pay a tax. And if you don't pay a tax, bad things happen. Well, Apple apparently is in court um, because Epic Games says yep. they, um, they be an Apple they want to take a 30% cut of everything and, and since, have been and have been. And now that we're not as comfortable with that 30% cut, Apple's basically saying, well, you're going to have to stay off the block or bad things are going to happen to you. Um, again, I think it just speaks to where we're at in 2020, whether you agree with Apple or Epic. And let me be clear. Epic has no moral ground um, to stand on, they may have legal ground, but they are just as um, big a hypocrite as Apple because you know they've they've not bootlegged, stolen some of the the, the more famous dances in in their Fortnite game, which became an absolute monster of a cash cow, and never compensated the artist who was from the inner city, from Brooklyn. You know, for the Millie Rock, the dance moves are exactly the same, and. Anyhow, that was a lawsuit as well. Long story short, nobody has the moral high ground here, but I just thought it was really indicative of where we're at again in 2020 with corporations amassing the power that they have. You spoke about five companies, you know, disproportionately taking the overall indices to new highs almost on a weekly basis now. And it's, um, it's, it's, uh, we're going to have to see change sooner or later. This can't continue. It's not sustainable. The Fed is now talking about, you know, overshooting their 2% inflation target. And again, I don't know if people realize the, 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 the real consequence of, you know, lumber being up 50% in a month or two and, and all the other things that we talked about recently. I don't want to rehash them, but some real consequences to this policy that these academics play with. And for all, again, for all the stuff we disagree about, seems like the big, big stuff we, we, you know, we're willing to shoot somebody over a mask, but we're not willing to go and, 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 and support people protesting peacefully about Fed policy. I don't remember the last protest that I saw about the inequality that the Fed has enabled and, and yeah, at the very least enabled. Fight the Fed, Nick. This is right up your alley. What do you think about that? I mean, that was all kinds of stuff there. I think that um, a backlash is coming against tech companies that's been brewing for a long time, uh, akin to the backlash of like the standard oils um, in the in the previous century, which would be right on par with a fourth turning. You saw the 
uh, congressional testimony given a couple of weeks ago by the heads of some of those firms. And um, you can feel it uh, brewing both in terms of uh, the Congress and in terms of the, the sentiment that I see online where um, what was one of the, the better ways I've seen it put, like as far as why they're so profitable. And one, I don't even know if you mentioned Apple's $2 trillion market cap, by the way, which is bigger than like Canada's GDP, which is absolutely um, crazy. But the way they're able to uh, make these profits in, in many cases is because the users are free. And we've, we've read so much about uh, user growth and user acquisition, and we're we're scaling out. That's why we're not profitable, and we need to get more users. I mean, you know, like Uber Eats loses money on every single uh, food delivery it makes, right? Like, it's not a profitable business, and they still say they're growing up, and they were hoovering up all these um, VC dollars, right? And um, and we sort of saw that start to implode, right, with like the WeWork thing, right? And it's like, oh, finally coming to the end of like financing these billion dollar unicorns that are unprofitable. And like even before coronavirus, we knew that, um, well, I forget the number, 30%, I think, of, of, of publicly traded companies um, uh, weren't profitable. And so um, all this was sort of in place and, and, and has been uh, brewed for uh, a while and, and the example I was going to say was like chemical companies were mm. um, uh, so profitable because they weren't internalizing the cost of dumping uh, you know uh, toxic effluent into water sources and stuff and once they were uh, regulated and made to internalize those costs right they weren't as wildly profitable and that's going to be uh, I, I think you're, you're going to see that play out with these uh, tech companies because I mean, if you read the reports, like the psychologist <laughs> reports about like how damaging it is to youth and these likes and the, and the bullying, I mean, there's a real external cost to um, uh, Facebook doing what Facebook does. And I think people see that more and more um, every day. And yes, it's all related to, to cheap money and, and asset allocation and what we value as a society, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not sure if I answered your question, but felt like a good rant. No, that's what I wanted. I wanted your thoughts. And, um, you know, uh, again, I think it's something to, to continue to monitor and, um, well, and hold on, let me tie it, let me tie it even together a little bit in a tighter knot, like, um, Make it a bow. Um, Make it a bow. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to be like, there's going to be this reverberation. So when I say like this emptiness, you know, I would get so pissed off when I would read about like Lime scooters and these other <laughs> businesses that were attracting so much money that lost money on like every single scooter ride. Um, and I would talk to other people in the sector. Michael Hudson is one, for example, who I've had some conversation with talking about how there's going to be this uh, basically, you know, the seesaw goes the other way or the scale goes the other way where there's this. Uh, you know, reverberation where there's value towards more real things like hard assets, for example, things that are tangible, <laughs> um, things that you need, things that uh, are actual building blocks of a society society, um, and the future. And then uh, just to put a period on it, um, you see that in like Warren Buffett, for example, right? Because like what he's scanning for things to buy and sure he could buy Apple at a $2 trillion market cap screaming higher, but he's not like, what does he buy? He buys something where 
the price of the widget is rising, where that money goes to the bottom line that drives the cash flows and drives the dividends. And I mean, it's pretty clear when you got dividends, uh, you got, you know, companies like Disney suspending their dividends for the summer while companies like Bear Gold are raising them. Right. And so I think that speaks a lot to the sort of what you're asking about. If only we would have saw this coming and built three or four businesses completely around the trend away from public assets to private assets. <laughs> oh, <totally>. <laughs> <sighs> uh, let's pivot really quick to, you know, a story that hasn't got a ton of national attention, attention. And I've been hesitant to talk about it because it, it, it's close to home. It's, uh, you know, we've had eight soldiers die this year at Fort Hood, which is about 60 miles from Austin, um, there's a there, there's another gentleman this morning that was announced missing, a 23 year old soldier. Fort Hood has long, long been, you know, the 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 subject of rumors and accusations about a culture that does not value human life as much as it should. And let me give you some numbers. Just this year, eight soldiers, actually not even just this year, since March, since March, seven soldiers have died or been found dead. And again, there's a new one missing this morning. One is a guy that took his life after becoming a, a, a suspect um, of, of, of a young lady by the name of Vanessa Guillen, um, who, who, you know, unfortunately was murdered on base, dragged out of the base. She had, uh, reported to family members and friends that she was being sexually harassed on base by the guy that ended up killing himself when officials went to confront him and arrest him. Um, I looked at some of the numbers and Fort Hood is disproportionately out of whack when it comes to deaths, murders, drownings, accidents, suicides. Um, I mean, it's nuts. It, it, it's nuts. There's been 23 deaths this year. At Fort is that Hood. just the soldiers, Gerardo? Sorry to interrupt. Is that like the whole community, the soldiers, families, everybody on base? This is just soldiers, actual okay. soldiers, right? And so 23 deaths this year among 36,500 soldiers. Here's the breakdown. Seven off-duty accidents. Seven suicides. One combat-related death. It's combat-related, obviously. Four homicides. One which was on the base, Miss Guillen. Two of natural causes, one that was undetermined pending an autopsy and one drowning, and that we have another young gentleman missing this morning. Um, so again, I'll put the link up because I don't want to, you know, go on and on and on about this, but this should be bigger news. And and, and it's finally what's, getting there. What's what's the thesis? I, I I remember a couple of months ago, I think either you brought it up or I saw it. What's the what's the general thesis? I, I touched on it, I, I think March, <laughs> April, when it was just starting because it just seemed like, you know, okay, man, another one and another one. And it was like two or three at the time. And I don't think there's a cohesive thesis yet. I, I know that the base is now independently being investigated. I know that Vanessa Guillen 
Ian's mom has pleaded with President Trump and met with him. And she said he was very empathetic and listened um, and asked for, for an independent investigation into the culture at Fort Hood. But you and I have spoken before, Nick, and, and about, you know, our respect for firefighters and military servicemen and women. And, 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 you know, I just, it breaks my heart, man, to know that these young men and women are, are, are volunteering to serve our country and the superiors and the, the, the people in charge that are supposed to make sure that, that we enable the future leaders of our country and the people that are protecting this country are, are taking apparently such a lax attitude at making sure there's not a culture of rape and murder and suicide. And to date, I haven't seen a forceful rebuttal from Fort Hood saying, these are the steps that we're taking to make sure this stops now. It hasn't happened. And uh, I, I don't know why. I don't know, you know, to your question, I don't know the thesis. I don't know. Um, but again, this is this is so far out of whack with the rest of the country and the averages around the country that it's just um, it, it's concerning. And I and, and I hope that um, it, it gets more national attention. Well, it's like the Veterans Department, right? It's like, yep. um, of course, you got to uh, take care of those people who put their lives on the line to defend the country, um, whether or not they agreed with what the directives were in, in some cases. And that's a whole different podcast and, and conversation. But um, of course, you have to uh, provide for the safety uh, and the needs of uh, those who are signing up to do those jobs. And what really sticks in, in my craw, and I'm not, I won't speak for you or anybody else, is the, the willingness of the <clears throat> government and politicians and military to commemorate and promote the military. I mean, right. We talked about, you know, the flyovers at mm. even whenever there was football games <laughs> and uh, you know um, the parades and, you know, the, the pins on our lapels and this and that. And it's like, well, you got to like put up or shut up, right. You can't like commemorate them and thank them and uh, revere them uh, verbally. If you're not, uh, supporting them uh, materially and in, 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 in reality, right? It's why, again, half joking, half not, I believe that campaign speeches should be limited. <laughs> I think you should get four. One at the beginning of your campaign, one, you know, the midway point, a third one at the three quarters point, and one right before, you know, a month before everybody's going to vote, lining out specifically what your policy is going to be. And I think your policy should be, you know, up for everybody to see and people should get to vote on that. And that's it. I don't want a reality show guy or gal or, you know, the next flavor of the month that speaks really well and is charismatic and is fun to look at. I don't want that to be the way that this country is governed. Um, and, you know, hopefully one day we get the, an environment that moves towards that. And, you know, but anyhow... On Becky's doing two months. Did you see that, Nick? She's going to do more time than Roger Stone. <laughs> really? I did not see that. Yeah, she just got sentenced uh, to two months in prison. Her husband will do five months. Again, John, I repeat, they will John do... Stamos? <laughs> Have mercy. Have mercy. Mr. Hodge, that's all I got before. Before I let you go, I, I, I have to let listeners know there's two companies that are drilling now that I absolutely expect excellent results from. One is K2 Gold. 
They're drilling the Mojave. Uh, they're drilling the Mojave Gold Project, high grade oxidized gold project in California. Um, small market cap. A hit there is going to send shares much higher. We should know in the next month or two. And the second is Chacana Copper, high grade copper, high grade gold, drilling the best targets that CEO David Kelly believes he's seen on the property. And, and mind you, the Soledad project is a project that has yielded some spectacular intercepts in a bearish market. They've yet to release results in this market. And if they release anything close to what they've already delivered on in the past, that stock is going much higher. So there's your two free tips for the week. Don't say you didn't get your money's worth, everyone. I bought some more Chicana this week. There you go. Anything else to add, Mr. Hodge? No, that's it. That's it. It's been fun. It's been real. Wash your hands. Be safe. Love each other. Be kind. I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Fight the Fed, Nick Hodge. This was episode 83 of Bizarro World. Have a good week, everyone. See ya.